Mandy Yakich from Creative Matters, and you're listening to Creative Matters On Air, where I have conversations with new and established artists from around New Zealand. I love to listen to artists' stories and learn about their creative process, and maybe you do too, which is why I've made this podcast, to inspire, inform and educate. I hope you can take away something positive and encouraging from each of these amazing stories to help you on your own creative journey. Good morning and welcome to Creative Matters. Thank you very much for being here with me. This morning I'm talking to Erica Pierce. Erica is a multidisciplinary artist born in Auckland, Aotearoa, New Zealand and is now based in the beautiful Bay of Islands. She is well known for her large-scale murals, vibrant artwork and strong female portraits. Her mural artwork can be found throughout New Zealand from Northland to Bluff as well as in Fiji, Australia, Japan, Indonesia, Thailand and the USA. Erica is a dedicated ocean conservationist and is deeply motivated to inspire communities to care for and protect their coastlines and surrounding waters. The creation of her large-scale ocean murals has a really positive impact by opening up conversations with people of all ages. She is inspired by plants, animals, the ocean and our human connection to the natural world. When she is not painting, she can be found out in the garden, tending her dahlias, raiding the veggie patch or hanging out with her ducks. You can see her work on our blog at creativematters.co.nz and also of course on her website ericapierce.co.nz. Hi Erica. Good morning. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you so much for coming out to Murawai. I know you've had a hell week with COVID. Yep, I'm on the men now, so I'll just get those energy levels back. But I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. thank you. And welcome to Creative Matters. Thank you. It's great to have you here. And uh, yeah, it's been a, a pretty exhausting time for you. So you've, you've done well to get here. Thank you. No, I'm happy to be here. And it's just so invigorating being out on the West Coast. It's so beautiful. Just I haven't been out here for ages, so thanks for the excuse. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> All right, Erica, let's do what we always do and head right back to the beginning. Can you tell us about your childhood and where you were born? Absolutely. So I grew up in Rossay Bay. Um, I was born in Auckland. My mum's from Fokatani and my dad's from Taranaki, so both small towns. And we grew up next to the beach and... I had a pretty cool childhood. Um, only child, but I've got 22 cousins, so big extended family, and they lived all over the country, a lot of them on farms, so we'd go camping and things a lot and spend time with them. I'm just a nature kid through and through, really. So as a child, were you making and creating and thinking creatively, do you think? Yeah, always. Um, I'm really dyslexic, and that was something that was never really diagnosed in our generation. And my mum made a huge effort to help me with my reading and just get me up to the bottom level of the class, really. And just I remember tying myself in knots, learning to read and write and maths and like numbers will switch themselves in front of me. <laughs> I can't remember anything. It's something I'm, you know, over the years I've improved on, but it's something I, I will always kind mm. of battle. So during school, primary school particularly, I wasn't 
I wasn't really at the same level as the other kids in the class with like reading and writing and spelling, but I love painting and I love drawing. And I was that kid in the class that other kids would bring their thing to, to be like, can you, can you, can you draw this bit for me? (laughs) (laughs) And um, I realized later on that it was something that, I, I don't know. It was something I did at home because I guess I didn't have any brothers and sisters to screw up my drawings or steal my art supplies. It was something that I entertained myself with all the time. Mm. And, and it's something that my mom and dad fostered and, and they encouraged me to do. And I, I think because I was given that encouragement, um, it enabled me to grow confidence in it, in an area, you know, like everything else I struggled with a lot of confidence. Mm. Um, my mum encouraged me with swimming. I played the violin and she, she got me into like other activities that I could try different things that weren't just, you know, the, the classic school subjects. Yeah. And I owe her so much for everything she did that. And it's quite funny because my grandmother wasn't allowed to do art. So she discouraged my mother from doing art <laughs> and it was that generational thing that I don't know what I would have done yeah. if I hadn't been supported to do it because mm. I, I think and I think as well I've never had that pressure that I've I've seen with other friends where you know their parents expected them to grow up to be a doctor or a lawyer I never really was expected to amount to anything grand <laughs> and so I was lucky to be able to you know just getting any kind of creative work and and, mm. and doing anything, pursuing that um, it was so supported. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, a lot of children suffering from dyslexia and that mm. kind of thing don't have something at school that makes them feel good. So you were lucky. Oh, it's huge. That. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's so, you know, tough on the self-esteem. And um, I just remember just not understanding why – Things didn't click with me in the way they did with other kids, but then drawing did and mm. painting did. And I could sit there for hours and hours just with some art supplies or crafting. And I like, we had beautiful, like, Sylvanian families, dolls' house kind of toys when I was growing up. And I loved to pieces, but I didn't really play with them in the way kids play with Barbies or anything. I, I'd make these elaborate houses for them and and like make tiny little food out of modeling clay oh, <laughs> and wow. create these big spaces and I didn't it was all creative How that was cool. my play yeah mm. and uh, were you what kind of things were you drawing at that time um I actually found a whole big it was like mum co- collected a whole lot of my artwork and they've just moved house and she gave it to me and it's all kept in an old big rubbish sack <laughs> <laughs> so ceremoniously. Um, and it's funny because it's all things I still I'm drawn to now is butterflies and dolphins and animals and flowers and, and sceneries and little landscapes I've designed, you know, not just landscapes of, you know, painting of landscapes, but also like gardens from an aerial perspective. Mm. <laughs> and that's stuff that I'm still highly fascinated in. Mm, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the seed was sown in those it's, early days. Yeah, I'm just bringing it back out. Yeah, which mm. is so great. And as a kid, were you actually interested in, were you did you love being in nature and did you love absolutely yeah we had a really cool garden and um, my dad helped me 
well, dad made, I, I helped <laughs> make this um, rope ladder that I could climb into my big climbing tree in the backyard. And um, they chopped it down a few years before they left that place. Never quite thick of them. <laughs> it dropped a lot of leaves and it was time. It had gotten big. Um, but I spent my whole childhood just up that tree. I ended up in hospital from, I fell out and knocked myself out. Oh, <laughs> I no. tripped to hospital that. It never, never held me back. I loved it. Made little fairy houses in the garden and... Um, little bush huts and things and I I could tell you I can still identify a plum tree when it's not even got leaves on it like I, mm. <laughs> I always know where to find food in the garden my grandma down in Pakatani had the most amazing garden she had this um area called her tasteless grotto and it had all the tacky garden ornaments that people had given her over the years underneath these two big old grapefruit trees so the smell of rotting grapefruit and these tacky like gnomes and flowers and windmilly things and it was so magical and I didn't realize like not everyone's grandma in this place like this I, I love loved it. it so much I think I need to recreate it one day yeah. in our garden the tasteless grotto <laughs> tasteless grotto so <laughs> love it brilliant and so I was really lucky and I think because I often it was just me as a as a kid you know and I quite happily entertain myself on my own very comfortable in my own company and I just play and use my imagination and pick flowers which is my favorite thing to do still now Mm. (laughs) and fruit and veg and now I'm sort of like learning things at an adult level where I'm able to grow stuff and I have adult money so I can buy things (laughs) (laughs) real money wow yeah it's so good isn't Mm. it cool though that you've you know that's just always been so much a part of you yeah and it comes out in your work and your your life in general and you connect with others over it too you know I've moved up to Kitty Kitty, end of 2020 and I'm just sort of entering a new stage of my life where you know back in the days we go out partying and obviously we can't really travel at the moment yet we will um different ages and stages a lot of my friends have got kids and and so I'm just really enjoying becoming I don't know middle-aged lady (laughs) (laughs) yeah I always felt like when you start planting flowers you know you're kind of aging a little bit you know you're living your best life (laughs) yeah exactly I mean it's a beautiful thing flowers and gardens yeah Yeah. it's a happy place for many I think so too and it's something you can give and and I feel like the gardening community like the art community is just full of people who have so much knowledge and 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 want to give, they want to share, you know, you'll, you'll share old art supplies that you're like, oh, somebody needs to t- take these and do something amazing with it in the same way that the gardening community will be like, take a cutting. Mm. Here's some things I potted up, take them. Yeah, it's really nice. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's like, you know, the artwork that I've got in the house mm. of friends, that mm, friends have it. made. I've also got that feeling in the garden where, yeah. you know, the banana palms were yeah, from they have Kath this, down the yeah, road. Yeah, history. And, yeah, and, a, and, and it you means connect, something. You know, you walk around and it, that reminds you of, oh, such and such you know that person there gave me that or certain plants will remind me of different places I've lived or you know I'll fall in love with something because it's something that I saw in my grandma's garden or um I, my other grandma my dad's mom I bought her a beautiful tabashina flowers a purple flowering tree last year and it's just something that I love and I just wanted her to have it in her garden mm. so that every time I see it in our garden I think of her yeah yeah <laughs> little it's, things like it's that really really connects doesn't mm. it yeah and so um, when you actually went to high school 
you know, pr- probably high school for a d- dyslexic child could be sort of a living hell. But um, um, you found the art room? Well, it's interesting. So I, I feel like end of primary school, um, I started to catch up. And I'd done a lot of mum put me through number works and Kit McGrath and all kind of stuff. I'm so grateful for all of what she did. And I think maybe that was a lucky thing that I, I was an only child and we had a lot going on in our family, but um, they made an effort. And I, you know, I think sometimes I, I could have slipped through the cracks if I hadn't had um, the dedication that she she put into my education and my reading and just getting me up to par (laughs) and um so high school I started to realize that like I wasn't stupid I just learned differently um and that um I I drew on all my books sit there in Spanish class and just draw on the cover of it and maybe learn a couple of things I wish I'd learn more really I feel like language is um and um, fifth form, so I was second year of NCEA when that came through. And fifth form, I remember the last project that we had for the year, we'd sort of like everyone was like, oh, okay, well, we've got, we've all passed art. You just need to get achieved for this next project. And so I completely half asked it because we had our first like lot of exams and that terrified the pants off me. <laughs> and then I got my results back and I'd got, I think, excellences and merits for my other projects and then I got an achievement it brought my whole average down and I was like huh I don't like that I like getting good marks and so and I set myself the goal of six one I was like I want straight excellences across art and I also took up design um that next year and I achieved it and I got top of the school and it was such an, a feeling of an accomplishment and we were actually going through a lot as a family at the time. My mum worked in corrections and there was just a whole lot of stuff going down at the time with that and it was really, really tough and it was my way of showing my family that I was trying and I just came home, I did my homework, I, I loved the subjects, I absolutely, I had really cool art and design teachers in sixth form and I poured everything into that and you know all the stuff that we had going on was able to probably able to be put on the back burner because I put my school work as priority um I think it was a bit of a tough year with friends that year nobody at school knew what was going on at home and um and I got to the end of that year and I got to go to the awards ceremony and I got two awards got top of school for both those subjects and that was just that was a huge thing to show me like, oh, if I try, I can. Yeah, <laughs> And okay. that was from that moment onwards. Um, I worked really hard and, and I achieved a lot in seventh form as well. And I found seventh form a lot easier at school because of, like a lot of the kids who just weren't interested in school or school wasn't right for them, you know, gone off and done apprenticeships or gone off and done other things. And so most of the kids that were school, like, especially if you're a bit of a nerdy kid, you could just be. Mm. <laughs> and so there was something really nice about that. We wore mufti in seventh form. So we were treated a little bit more respectfully. Um, I remember seeing my English teacher who I really loved. She was really cool at the end of the year and I hadn't really even attended a single class in the last term and I saw her and I was like I'm really sorry I haven't been to class um if you go to the art room all of our art boards are being displayed at the moment and you'll see that I'm actually working really hard 
and she was really cool with it like I think they knew that I wasn't skiving off school and you know just slacking around they knew that I was Mm. doing things you know I was being like proactive and and what I was interested in yeah and I think that really helped and then I went on to study at AUT I did a three-year degree in graphic design um that was really cool because it was really interesting because going from you know, where I'd worked really hard and seen the results at high school and sort of been top of the class or, you know, among the top of the class um, students in that, because it was very small. I mean, I went to Rangitoto, a huge school, mm. but, you know, there's not a huge amount of kids doing art at, at that level. And um, and then going to uni and I think there's 120 students and, just a variety of skills at at design like I was more of an illustrator and and um that was sort of the path I was interested in but there were some parts of design like anything that involved grids and Helvetica I was just like what (laughs) so foreign to me um and and realizing that you know there was just so many different facets and 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 directions you could go with design Mm. was really cool so I went on um I majored in illustration and then my final year, we had um, to do work experience as part of our course, which I really love that about AUT. They like really gave you, um, really encouraged you to sort of do real world learning and experience. And I'm sure that's probably still very much part of their program. I encouraged a lot of other sort of friends and people I met to go down that through that sort of school mm. sort of after I'd left. And um, I don't know what it's like these days, but um it was brilliant for me. And so in my last year we did, I think we had to do like 80 hours of um, basically volunteer work, <laughs> sort of um, internship type thing. Mm. And I managed to get a um, work experience for Rocket, which is a sign company in Glenfield in Auckland. And um, I managed to weasel my way in there and get myself a part-time job. <laughs> My completely by accident and I was like you know coming to the end of my work experience and I got on really well with my design boss and the big boss and I, I loved what I was learning there it was really cool because it was like designers doing graphic design but you know there's a big workshop and things and it was just really cool just seeing you know something on the computer like be wrapped in a car and things and um I said to my boss, I'd really love to work there for my last semester. And he's like, well, we're only going to take you on if you promise us you'll come work for us when you finish your degree. And I was just like, oh, did I just give myself a job? And wow, then a few amazing. weeks later, the the recession kicked off. <laughs> and so I entered the world um, at a time where it was just utter chaos in the job market. Um, I was so lucky that my just brazen <laughs> like innocence <laughs> just being like can I please have a job um, it had got me a job and I worked mm-hmm. there for four years and I learned so much through through that work and it's amazing how doing my murals and things now the the photoshop skills illustrator skills um working with clients uh just making visuals like all the skills I learned there fundamental to what I do now and I could never have known could never have planned Mm, it mm. (laughs) yeah so did you when you were there were you Mm. actually thinking that you'd like to be a mural artist no no idea or an artist (laughs) didn't plan any of this 
Yeah, so you- I was always painting. I, yeah. I did a lot of like sort of surfy landscapes and things um, just for fun. And then in 2011, I went off and did Camp America. And that was my first travel I'd done on my own at 23. And I'd just come out of a relationship and I was so painfully shy and nervous and just scared to do anything on my own because it sort of hadn't really been something I'd been able to do in that relationship. And so... I went off and I worked at a summer camp in Maine called Robin Hood. Um, I was a lifeguard and a sailing instructor and it was the making of me. Really? <laughs> it, was, it gave me all the confidence in the world. It just like, wow. it just, I, I traveled for a month after, completely winged it, ended up on my own, had a panic attack in New York because I was like, oh my gosh, all my friends are leaving. <laughs> so I have three weeks in this country. Ended up staying with friends in California, some random lifeguards in California, a whole bunch of people that just adopted me. I spent a bit of time in Venice Beach and that was where I saw like street art and skateboard art and surf art and all this really groovy art that I'd loved but never been exposed to in New Zealand. And... I came home and I started painting skateboards. <laughs> and wow. so that was that was a shift in me going, oh, I don't have to just paint landscapes. I can paint, you know, sort of pop surrealist art. I can do all this like really cool stuff that's I was really inspired by old school tattoo art and and that kind of thing. And I just wasn't exposed to that in New Zealand. And this is very early, is pre-social media, mm. really, pre-Instagram. Um, and and it just it was so cool and I came back. So I worked at Rocket for, I think um, they held my job, which was amazing. So I think I worked there for another year. And then I got to the point where I was painting so much on the side that I, and I'm doing little bits of graphic design and I basically, I, I guess I outgrew the job. And um, and I got to the point and, and my boss was kind of like, you know, I don't feel like you're giving me 100%. And I was just like, oh, no, I'm sorry. Like, And he's like, well, I don't want you here if you don't give me 100%. And I was like, I'm so really sorry. And I think he meant it to, you know, give me a little kick up the bum. But it was sort of, I went, I was like, you know, I I think I'm ready to like go freelance. And, and they were, I think they were a bit sad when I left because I don't think they were meaning to get rid of me mm. um, but we had you know I really love working there and um but I thought you know what like I'd been offered a tattoo apprenticeship earlier that year and I said to myself I'll wait a year and I'll give it a year of thought and research and if it's something I want to do I'll go for it um, I was a bit nervous about starting from scratch again with a whole new skill and a whole new industry whereas like and I was doing all this freelance on the side and that built into a business. So mm, <laughs> I was like, well, amazing. I guess I'll keep rolling with that. Yeah. And so and when you were at Rocket, were you ever doing sort of large scale mural work or was it more just no, design? No, it was computers? all computer. It was all computer and, um, you know, big digital prints and things. I did a lot of like cool photo manipulation. Um that was really cool. Um, we had a part of the business was called Dying Art and that was custom casket designs. So um, I really enjoyed, I did a, quite a few of those that were custom made for people and um, sort of like chosen for stories and, and I love the storytelling through it and I love the personal connection and, and that's what I really love about commissions is especially things that are memorial or, 
you know, I can't help someone if someone close to them has passed. I, there's nothing you can do. But if I can use my skills to help create something beautiful that helps the healing of what they've gone through, then that is something that is the most beautiful feeling in the world. Yeah. And it's kind of how I met my partner as well. Really? <laughs> we um, had, we'd actually gone to school together and we didn't really know each other at school. And um, we had been, he'd followed my art. I posted my artwork 2012 onwards, which is when I started my business, 10 years this August. Congratulations. <laughs> That's a big achievement. Where the time is gone. Yeah. It feels incredible. It's amazing. And um, he had sort of followed my work and we had mutual friends and I'd done a bit of traveling in 2016, gone backpacking around Southeast Asia and I oh, was so hooked. Um, and I was looking at maybe living in like Hawaii or Australia, just somewhere tropical, somewhere for an adventure and Byron Bay kept popping up as a place. And I reached out to a friend of mine and um, I saw she was living over those ways and she put me and she's like, oh yeah, um, so-and-so like, you know, he lives there. And I was like, I remember that name <laughs> from school and, and we sort of got in touch and we just sort of, I never ended up going over there, but in 2017, his little brother passed away and pretty sad circumstances. And, um, he reached out to me and he had made this absolutely beautiful, huge Kiruru sculpture that represented Michi. And, um, he asked me to paint it and that was the first time we hung out oh, <laughs> in 2017. Wow, that's really special. And um, we, it wasn't our time yet. I'd actually just started dating the the previous boyfriend um, and, and he obviously was, you know, in a pretty like hurting and, and healing and, um, but we really, it was a really special thing to be able to do that for him. And then... We've remained friends for years and, and nothing, nothing ever thought of it. And then in the end of, uh, just after the first lockdown in 2020, he reached out and, and, um, and we just, yeah, it was our time. So mm, how good. <laughs> yes. And it's amazing. Like, I feel, I feel like his little brother brought us together and the amount of like moments we've had with kiddos and things oh, throughout is really special. Yeah. So that's now, beautiful. And yeah. when you can connect work, you, what you do with those kind of experiences. It's amazing. That's it's so powerful. It's a real privilege. It's such a privilege. Yeah. Yeah. Now there's been a few experiences I've had throughout my career, which I'm like, this is why I do this. This is why I take the commercial job so that I can afford to have studio time. So I can afford to like gift my skills to people in need. And at a time where like nothing will ever really <laughs> like mm. help <laughs> replace. Mm. So yeah, that's really, is, really precious. It's really special. It's a real gift. Mm. Yeah. So just going back, mm. um, when you started your business 2012, mm. I know you had one of your first exhibitions at Sitka. Yeah. And I would like to announce <laughs> that as soon as Erica came into my kitchen, she saw one of her beautiful little cupcake um, <laughs> paintings done on drift, well, on, on, on Reclaim Wood. Reclaim yeah. Wood, which I bought from Sitka, I think, obviously in, in 2012. 2012. And I remember going in there. It was in Newmarket in Auckland, yeah. little surf shop, sort of funky surf shop. Ruby with art, shop, so cool. And quite a lot of painted skateboards. And yeah, that that's where thing. the skateboards were. Yeah, and that, they were your skateboards. That was my it? skateboards. Oh my that gosh. was that first show. Amazing, full circle moment. <laughs> yeah, and I remember bringing our kids there. You know, they must have been 
um, sort of, you know, 13, 14. Amazing. And they were just like, oh, my God, this is so cool and this art's so cool. And That's that moment I had in, you know, back in, yeah. in um, America. Exactly. In California, that same thing. Like, oh, what, you could make this kind of art? Yeah, and sort of <laughs> so seeing cool. art in a different way. And, yeah. you know, it was accessible. It was a good way for me to get to my kids through art, sort mm. of taking them to a surf shop because they are yeah, surfies. It's, and, it's approachable. Yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> And yeah. there, you know, I own one of your artworks from Amazing. ten years ago, and I didn't even realize. <laughs> yeah, it's got my old signature on it. Yeah, so just my initials. And, so good, um, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, how did you sort of move through your business from there? What happened next? So I started doing a lot of illustration work. Um, that first year, I was like, I'll do anything to make this work. I'll get a job at the plant shop. I'll work at a cafe. I don't. I will just do anything. Um, and I did a little bit of extras work for TV. <laughs> <laughs> it got to the point where I was like, I don't want to be sitting in an extras room. I just want to be making. Yeah, <laughs> so so I, we, I got a few couple of good jobs for it. But I was also good. hoping that maybe it would take me down the path of set design. But that never really aligned. But that was one thing I was curious about. Mm. And, and were you actually thinking of your business as, you know, becoming a full-time artist or what 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 was your plan? I have plan? no idea. I honestly was so blasé about the whole thing. And to be honest, I probably still am. I do things very intuitively. I trust my intuition and, and you know, if an opportunity comes to me, if I'm really excited and drawn to that opportunity, then I trust that and I follow that feeling. And I think that's got me to where I am today because, like, there's definitely been ones where you've been learning experiences. Shall we say? <laughs> yeah, but um, I think through intuition. So my sort of break into doing murals, I did, this is sort of in my first year of being self-employed, um, I'd done all sorts of illustration work, odd jobs, illust- you know, design, logo design, that kind of stuff, and um, paintings, commissions, lots of commission skateboards, portraits and things. And I did some uh, – one of the guys from Mexicali reached out to get some sign painting done. And so I did their store, one of their new stores, and then their next store they wanted, like, some murals. And so I started doing that, and then – they they were started you know opening up quite a few stores and I ended up doing a dozen stores from Mexicali around the country. Their family's amazing. They they pretty much adopted me, <laughs> and um just incredible people. Just they just got to the point where like they would give me some inspiration, give me a budget, give me a size, and just trust me to do some cool stuff. One of my so favorite mur- murals I've ever done was of a like combi dream combi <laughs> like um surfing in the background uh, surfing I was just I, I remember finishing it and thinking if my 15 year old self could see this I would just be so over the moon yeah, <laughs> and, so good. and so through that I um met a few people through the street art community and I started getting invited to events and and it just grew from there and somehow I found myself being a muralist and I I love it like at the moment um it's been really challenging with COVID I before COVID I was traveling all over the country back-to-back jobs I just got my first big international job in Japan which was the wow. best experiences of my life. Yeah. Um, and how, was, how did that happen? Can I was we, flown over, that? yeah, Guy Yoshi, who, who's a phot- bleh, photographer, videographer for a lot of our street art festivals. Um, he had sort of been over 
um, shooting for one of those. And then I, some of his contacts in Japan had seen what he'd created and they saw my work and it's very New Zealandy at times and um, lots of nature. And they, um, and at Sugi City, they were the hosts for the New Zealand Olympians for 2020. <sighs> <laughs> my heart goes out to everyone yeah. involved in that. Yeah, um, totally. And so they um, basically New Zealand sister city. And so they flew me over. Um, Yoshi was my guide and he sort of helped me navigate around and get my paints and stuff. And he filmed and, and photographed it. And um it was just brilliant. I just, I love Japanese culture. I'm a big foodie. I love travel. I love being immersed in a country where like you don't speak the language and you look like a total, you know, stand out like a sore thumb. And I love it. I love it so much. And I got to create this mural in the train station and it's got a kiwi and a tui and some hectares dolphins and um, just Beautiful. nature. And mm. it was bringing a little bit of New Zealand to mm. Japan. And, and that's, at that point, pre-COVID, I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to travel around the world creating murals. And then, boom, <laughs> there's a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, damn. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, I mean, you've done murals in other countries. So was that before Japan that you – Yeah, yeah. So I've sort of done little bits and pieces, um, sort of a home in Fiji, a private home there. And when I was traveling around Southeast Asia, I was painted hostels and, and I stayed with a street artist in Jogjakarta in Indonesia, did some painting there. And um, I went to Burning Man in 20, 2019, which the last big burn wow. <laughs> pre-pandemic, which was actually a childhood dream. I remember as a little girl just seeing videos of – pirate ships driving through the desert mm. and people dancing with fire and just just amazing like body art and just being like I want to go there one day yeah and I got the opportunity through a friend to go in 2019 and oh my gosh my heart just longs for that place it was challenging but incredible and um, I did a mural for our camp and um, I just can't wait to get back and be mm. involved in that community my partner is quite um done a lot with that community as well and Kiwi Burn as well and it's just such an incredible space and and set of values where it's about sort of expression and support and community support and um and just creating artwork beyond anyone's wildest dreams like the sculptures out there the art cars out there you know the self-expression of individuals who are just as long as you're not hurting anybody <laughs> you can just and and I just I can't wait you know to to create more like that my first kiwi burn I went to um I actually submitted artwork for the poster and was selected which was incredibly special mm, yeah. <laughs> and then we were when we arrived we got met by the greeters and you've got a little wristband on and I was like saw that my artwork was on there and I said such an emotional moment because there's 2,000 people wearing my artwork for like quite a transformational week of their lives yeah <laughs> just in this amazing loving supportive space where How incredible you can be creative and there's amazing music and and magic happens because you're just at the right place at the right time mm. and so that's wow that's something I really look forward to in the future yeah. getting more involved and, and getting more like sculptural working with other artists getting collaborative and working with my partner in our space to just host events and create 
workshops and, and retreats and things like that. So works. And, and then gardening. <laughs> <laughs> and ducks. Yeah. Uh, other important things. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. That sounds so amazing. I mean, I've heard of Burning Man and my husband, oh, George, is pretty keen to go. Uh, change yeah. life <laughs> yeah I think I might have to go now it sounds yeah. amazing yeah and so that artwork there did were you actually creating through the festival and people were engaging so um I know because because I work in spray paint a lot um I actually painted it in a yard in San Francisco called the box shop which that in itself was an amazing experience I um went to this yard we the my camp had a big art car it was an old converted double-decker bus that a school bus I'll, no, I don't feel like it was a double-decker bus which would turn into this big castle that had LED lights and laser cut patterns and, and like flame shooters and so it was amazing and so I, I did a little bit of work on that and then I painted our kitchen trailer um, as a big mural and I painted an ocean theme just to bring some ocean to the desert and in this space it was like this big huge yard and it had a big like massive workshop and it had like rows of containers like stacked three high and each of those was a workshop and it had other artists doing working on their art cars and I met a woman called Dana Dana yeah Dana or Dana or Dana Albany and she was working on the um memorial artwork for the original um the owner larry uh, not owner sorry wrong word um the original creator larry who had i'm not getting names wrong (laughs) covid brain um and anyway she was working on this memorial artwork and and i went up to her and i was asking questions and it was just this beautiful piece a sculpture it was kind of a asian temple kind of thing and all these photos in it. And I went up to her and I was just, I was like, I was like, oh, I love what you're doing. May I ask a few questions? And I sat with her and chatted and, and, um, it was so special. And the next day I had, I had some Kiwi burn stickers and I went up to her and I was like, oh, I've got a present for you. And she was chatting with another guy who turned out to be one of the original Burning Man organizers as well. And, and she's like, oh, I was just telling my friend about how you, you came up to me yesterday and I was feeling so low and I was looking at all these photos and I was just feeling so heartbroken and sad and and just like talking to you and and it lifted my spirits and it reminded me of my purpose and why I'm doing this and like thank you and I <laughs> burst into tears I was like oh, <laughs> it's just so, so special, special yeah. to like you know, to be in a space where people are making art for art's sake and, and how that touches people across the world. This community is so much more than just, it's not a festival, it's a set of life values and it's about sort of getting out outside the norms of living financially and creating financially and, and doing stuff. You know, there's people who have money who can contribute to these art projects and there's people who have no money but they have skills <laughs> yeah. so like the amazing thing about Burning Man once you go there you don't spend money the whole place is run on a gifting system you and and also the indi- individual bringing everything that you need and taking away everything that you brought with you so you leave no trace mm. and and the set of values and that it just allows the freedom like there's no branding there's no alcohol branding there's no big corporate sponsorship everything is like 
kooky and crazy and weird and elegant and beautiful and wacky and out there and extreme and and it's just this place where like you're you're in another world and at nighttime like you're in this desert which is just endlessly flat and you get these big dust storms and (laughs) they come out of nowhere and your body is just physically tired because it's you know roasting hot during the day and cold Mm. at night and um at nighttime it feels like you're in some kind of Tron Star Wars world where everything's lit up with LEDs. You you ride a bicycle. That's basically your cell phone. That's your like <laughs> key to life is your bike, and you, you're you're lit up. Like I've got a light up fluffy jacket and light up leg fluffies. Oh my god! <laughs> I, lived I in love this amazing. <laughs> I love fluffy things and I love lit up things. Yeah, yeah. I love festival stuff. Yeah. So this is just the place where you know you can you. Know, wear as little as you want and get away with it or mm. you can you know be super mm. expressive and dress and and dress for comfort and wear stuff that's you wouldn't normally wear in the default world mm. and my Sounds partner incredible. and I have the most amazing dress up room oh, <laughs> which wow. we've kind of constructed at the back of the barn which is like a little hidden area which has all my craft supplies yeah. and some of my uh, painting stuff and then it's wow. just rows of fluffy jackets and you would uh, you'd fit in well at Miruai <laughs> we're very we like our dress up parties I love it <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so it's not really like Splore one of New Zealand's festivals I love but, Splore but it has a I mean Splore has a Splore I think the origins of Splore come from people's um own experiences at Burning Man and I love Splore because of the location like the one thing about the burn is you're just parched <laughs> you yeah. just want to go for a swim or have a shower and get mm. the dust off you um but you just embrace it and you just your hair becomes a matted dusty mess and you just just roll with it and then um the first shower is amazing yeah, <laughs> um, and then with Splore like you're in this amazing piece of New Zealand landscape where like the main stage is like right next to the beach. Mm. Like I've had amazing moments like hanging out, listening to Catch a Fire and having a swim. Yeah, it's so incredible. <laughs> and then New Zealand's biggest costume party and dress ups. And I, I it's really funny because I've been recognized by, I guess, people who follow my work at Splore and like had someone, oh, is Erica this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which trips me out hearing my full name. And, um, but it's really cool because I'll be dressed as some crazy sparkly unicorn or something and and I feel like they're seeing my true self. Mm. I'm very much a extroverted introvert. I flip between. I can be really shy and quiet and just like hole up in the vortex and just <laughs> like hang out and not be around people. And then there's the side of me where I get full extrovert and I just like when I'm dressed up, I just step into this like different side of myself mm. where like I guess I become the art in a way and I'm a little self-conscious of, you know, like my body. I don't really want people looking at my body for the wrong reasons, but if I'm dressed up, yeah. I don't care. Yeah, it's like an <laughs> alter ego that you slip into. Well, it's not even an alter ego. I think it's my true self. Yeah, it brings yeah. it out. Yeah, you. I think it yeah. allows me to just be expressive mm. because I feel like people aren't looking at me in a way that isn't maybe a way that I feel comfortable, but they're looking at like the full, the full thing. And Mm. they're looking at, you know, like I know I've been meticulous in every aspect from my jewelry through to my socks, through to my headwear, through, through to 
my bag that I've got with all my stuff in it. Mm, <laughs> I always, yeah. you know, have little like stickers and things that I give out in those moments. And, you know, when you connect with somebody and I've got like diffraction glasses, which when you look through them, it makes everything rainbows. And I love like oh sharing God. them with people on the dance floor and, and just coming into that space of giving and giving creatively in really different ways. Yeah. It's really fun. And it's part of your artistic expression, I Absolutely. guess. So a lot of your mural work and street art work is inspired by nature and women and animals, you know, plants and animals from nature and also your sort of um, philosophies around ocean conservation and that kind of thing. So can you kind of paint us a picture, so to speak, <laughs> of um, what your murals look like and the sort of content, what's what's in them and um, and your themes for people who have never seen your work before? Cool. So I use a lot of really vibrant colours. I can't help myself. Every time I try and tone it back, it always ends <laughs> up really bright. And uh, I like to say my favourite colour is rainbow, followed by all the blues. <laughs> I am really inspired to remind people how beautiful everything is around us in nature you know things like flowers and and animals and birds and ocean creatures and things I think there's just so much magic all around us and as since you know going back to childhood just how I was such an inquisitive child and I like still to this day I collect shells and rocks and feathers and crystals and plants and pick flowers every couple of days and I just want people to stop and look and listen and and notice I feel like we're so busy all the time that that disconnect happens way too easily and I really want to bring people back to that and with the portraiture um, for the last few years I've been working on a lot of female portraits and the idea behind that is showing really strong beautiful women who own their beauty that beauty isn't for anybody else to take it is theirs and I think a lot of the portraits that I do um, I work with a lot of real people sometimes I work with stock photos um, Ultimately, I think I'm drawn to a particular mood or energy that's in an expression. So whether it's like a really strong, fierce expression and that's what I'm feeling at that point or whether it's a really calm expression. And that's sort of my Empower series that I've put in calendars the last few years. And my next body of work for that is going to be a lot more around portraits within nature. So like Bod uh, figures are still going to be woman, but rather than her portrait dominating the space, it's more about little figures within nature. So, you know, whether in the garden or the bush or in the ocean. And I'm doing a lot more, while I've done so many portraits where, you know, the expression is the main focus, now I'm sort of exploring where you don't see their face and, and it's their back to you and being able to transport yourself within to that image has been something I'm exploring at the moment. I've also started a new body of work, which is no people at all, which is also kind of refreshing. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm working on a series of landscapes and oils, um, all based on photographs I've taken around the Bay of Islands and Northland mm. and the coast. And I'm just sort of exploring a little bit more of a looser painterly style with that and just exploring 
exploring the colors and exploring just the yumminess of oils. And mm. that are really fun because when I'm painting my portraits, like, oh my gosh, just getting a skin tone right and expression right, it can just, oh, it could be exhausting. Yeah, <laughs> but then imagine. it's like, I like it for the challenge. Yeah. <laughs> so I do it to myself. And these, um, these landscapes of Bay of Islands, that sort of area that's, mm, uh, you know, far north of, oh, of so New Zealand. Are they on canvas? They're yeah, they're like, on canvas. Like traditional paintings? Yeah, more traditional, yeah. And um, I do a lot of studio work as well as the street art. And I mean, I just, I like being able to sit there at a computer for a few days and then I'm on the easel for a few days and then I'm out in the garden for a few days and then I'm, you know, off off doing other stuff um, with friends or my partner or my family and then I'll have a whole week blocked out where I'm just doing a mural and it's all I'm focused on. And I like, I don't, like, no day is the same. And I like that. I I could probably benefit from a bit more routine. (laughs) Um, But I also really enjoy the spontaneity of Mm. it. And life's life's such an adventure and Mm. it is what we make of it. And I think it's so precious. And you're running your own business. So you're making your own decisions, what you do and what you Mm -hmm. become involved with. Somehow it's working. Right. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> ten years I've managed so far. So yeah, and that's awesome. That's <laughs> a massive you. achievement. Well Thank done. You. Yeah, and um, so back to the mural street art work. Mm. Um, I mean, we looked through some of your images of your work yeah, earlier, gosh. and mind blowing. So yeah, all together, <laughs> and it's so beautiful, and you can see all of that work on on the blog post, yep. your blog post. But um, you know, it's it's such beautiful work. You can definitely see that it's the same artist. So you've mm. got a real style, Thank strong you. style which is gorgeous and um you know often it's 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 whales you know mm, creatures from the sea or from the it. bush or birds and <laughs> yeah and then the the woman so um it would be fascinating for me I don't know that much about the process of creating it well I I have done quite a bit of mural work mm. with, with youth and, and yeah. that kind of thing but Step the actual, step. yeah, step-by-step <laughs> step making it yourself. So, yeah, if you could just talk through that process right from the beginning when you mm. get the job, how you come up with the idea, you know, what you have to consider when you choose, make those decisions for that particular space yeah. and uh, the materials you use and all that cool stuff. Cool, yeah. So initially someone will reach out to me. Um, I'm really lucky that a lot of my work is through word of mouth and, you know, or repeat clients, people I've worked with before, or people have just seen a mural I've done somewhere and, and sort of thought, oh, this person could be good for what we're looking for. And every job, while every job's a little bit different, the process is fairly similar, whether it's, you know, a community project, a private business, um, whether it's a bit just, you know, street art just for fun. So initially it's sort of like talking through those ideas and I think that's where my graphic design illustration background comes in handy like I love being given a brief I really really love being able to bring people's ideas to life especially when someone has a vision um they're not sort of they don't really necessarily have the skills to be able to bring it to real life but they trust me that's the biggest thing is having clients or you know people I work with who have seen my work, know what I'm capable of, and and trust me to just smash it out of the park. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I like to say. So we'll talk through ideas, and then um, I love to do, be able to do like a site check, scope out the wall, see whether it needs like a base code or whether it's whether I need access equipment. You know, sometimes I'm up on a big cherry picker or a lift, scissor lift, or I'm on scaffolding. 
don't like scaffolding. It's really hard to see a mural. Mm, yeah, okay. <laughs> I've banged so many knees and elbows and foreheads. Yeah. And the, uh, the scissor lift, you can kind of move along yeah, and move brilliant. up Yeah, it's Yeah, yeah. Cherry picker sometimes gives you a little bit of um, sea legs after a few days. It feels like you've been on a boat, mm. um, which is quite funny. It's a weird thing that you wouldn't really think you need to contend with. Mm. Um and then we work through some concepts and some ideas and I will often do like a Photoshop mock-up and I'll do a visual, which is where, you know, the signage company skills go handy yeah. and make a little, you know, take a photo and I can make it look like it's on the building um, or in the space. And then I plan it and it's been so difficult with COVID just, you know, I was, I'm in Northland, so we were locked up there while mm. everything was going on at the end of last year. And um, the weather can be really tricky. I'm, I'm trying to get to a job. I've been had booked in since August. <laughs> Mm, <laughs> we just I got the imagine. weather and COVID, but we'll get there, and it will feel so amazing once it's done. Yeah. Um. And I also trust that things happen when they're supposed to, and you know, and that if it is meant for you, it is already yours. Um. Those are two philosophies, and I also, you know, if you want anything that bad in life, you'll make it happen. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. So then we create the mural and. I've been really fortunate to work with, you know, so many communities around the country and I really love that about doing the street art festivals because it's you know, usually like a lot of artists coming together and, and there's a lot of hype around it and a lot of support and uh, a fed artist is a happy artist. So like someone bought me down a cup of tea the other day and some snacks when I was painting. It was so sweet. Yeah, and it does I've mean had, a lot, doesn't it? Oh, people bring down baking and, yeah, <laughs> and so treats nice. and you just, your heart just melts it's so sweet yeah that's um, so nice that's really special and um and then how do you actually I mean you've got the the image on photoshop how do you put it onto the wall so depending on the wall maybe it's a little bit different sometimes I'll project um projection for certain things like portraiture we you know your portrait's two stories tall and you don't want it to look completely not like a person mm. <laughs> especially when you're painting somebody that exists in real life yeah <laughs> kind of yeah. want it to be complimentary yeah. um um so i'll project or i my other favorite way um i'll do like a dot grid so i don't like i, I don't really ever use straight lines in my work my horizon is about the only straight line you ever see um and I will measure out like meter square like meter squares across and I'll either use like a little blob of masking tape or just do a dot of paint and from that I'll have like the grid laid out on my reference material and I will just freehand it on there so the one I did in the weekend was a combination of both wow. <laughs> and, and so you um, just enlarge the the square yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And I, I just like there's certain things like I like working with really organic organic shapes and those ones I using the dot method I can easily just wing it and ninety percent of the time it looks about right. <laughs> but when you're working with organic shapes you you've got the freedom for doing yeah. that. Um, you know, if I'm doing a big mural of like a combi or something like that, that's where like I want it to be super accurate. Mm. And at the end of the day, time is money. You know, if you're being paid for this, like just because you can draw it and it will take you a week doesn't benefit anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Better off to use it as a tool. And, right. and so many artists use projectors. Some people like there's a weird stigma for some people, but 
most people use them and mm. it's just a tool. It's it doesn't paint it for you. No, exactly. <laughs> if only it did. It, sometimes it's amazing. You see it projected and you're like, oh, it's going to look so good. And you turn the projector off and it's just got your scruffy little outlines. And you're like, oh, yeah, bring back the projector. <laughs> look, yeah, come back. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You've drawn the image anyway mm. and you're just yeah. enlarging it basically. Yeah, it's just a tool. Yeah. So it's yeah. really helpful. Yeah, that would yeah. be great. But not everything lends itself to that <laughs> not every mm. time you can get a projector into the space especially outdoor stuff and and so yeah, yeah. just get crafty with it yeah just, <laughs> it's hard to imagine how you can blow it up that size yeah and yeah. then also that idea of being say on a scissor lift and and sort of being right up close to the wall mm. and working on something that's so big. oh you can only see you're kind of like two meter span in front of you so that can be a bit mind-boggling mm. sometimes. So I'll sort of work in different areas and then I'll do big sessions. I'll go up there and I'll just sort of blast out a whole lot of colour, especially in the beginning when it's in that ugly stage, which is a nightmare when you're working in public and you're like, oh, nobody look at mm. it, it's terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's such a public <laughs> job, isn't it? Like most artists are sort of hidden away. Yeah, so then I feel that, I think that's when I get that awesome like rush of adrenaline where I'm just, I've got to push through and often say I'm doing a portrait, I'll push through and then I'll get like an, a, a section of it, whether it's the eyes or something looking good looking looking tight looking nice and and then it kind of makes me feel nice I can see where it's going but I feel like it gives everyone else around they're like oh cool I can see what you're doing there because otherwise you get people who are particularly not maybe not artistic and and used to kind of that you know the ugly stage we all know the ugly Mm. stage and but not everyone has experienced the Mm. ugly stage and they're like oh interesting <laughs> it's not done yet <laughs> don't judge me it's so fun isn't it it's a whole other thing of, mm. of of working so publicly and having randoms come and mm. contribute yeah in can some be way. amazing can be draining but I've, mm. had, I've met so many incredible people through yeah. doing it and you never know who you're going to inspire like as a kid I didn't really ever see that I think there was one Wyland mural he painted whales and dolphins. Oh, look, I wonder where that was inspired from. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, we're Facebook friends now. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's so that's cool. awesome. Yeah, I used to have his calendars when I was a kid. And- oh, wow. That's so <laughs> yeah. good. Coming full circle. Full circle. Yeah. But, I mean, it's uh, it's part of, of your whole philosophy, isn't it, to be connecting mm. with people on different levels and different types of people from different yeah, walks Yeah, I love of life. that. That's something I feel really blessed with this job, you know, having like experience working in an office and like, you know, sort of sitting at a desk eight hours a day. I was really lucky at a really cool office culture and um, because it was a design studio and a sign workshop, you know, it's a little bit different to your, mm. your standard kind of office situation, just really cool people and um, different kind of work. And, you know, really lucky. Like I think because I've met so many different people through different works of life, different jobs, you know, I've done murals at daycare centers and advertising agencies and heaps of restaurants and bars. And every time you're there, like you'll click with somebody who's different and people from around the world doing different things. And I think it helps open me up as a person and, and just experiencing people doing life in different ways. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And it really adds something to your own journey doesn't it that's what travel's amazing for yeah just opens you up yeah and and I think it helps you create respect for all of those people out there who are just trying to do their best Mm, yeah (laughs) Yeah. and it's interesting that sort of journey of an artist which can be quite sort of insular Mm. and solo very easy yeah but (laughs) in a way that you're 
because you're putting yourself into public spaces, mm. you're sort of it's a whole other dimension. Yeah. And I think it? that's where the extrovert side of my personality is able to thrive and and you know, I love being able to meet younger people who come up and I've like had kids come up and give me drawings and things and, and there was a beautiful older Maori guy who came down every day when I was painting the big mural up in Pai here and um he was just such a beautiful soul. He'd come down with his dog and he sat there and he drew my mural as I was working on it. And I've got a lovely photo with him. And mm. he was just, you just never know who you're going to connect with. And mm. you're just doing your thing, you know. You're just there to do what you got to do. And everything that happens and those connections and those friendships and those, you know, like sometimes you don't get the most positive interactions, but it, it's it's all learning. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know? right. And, yeah. and the positive ones outweigh any of the like ones you're like well that was weird yeah okay <laughs> I got proposed to once by an old homeless man that was fun nice because <laughs> he loved your art so much or I think he so. loved you, <laughs> <laughs> who knows yeah it was our case yeah I mean yeah. you'd meet all sorts of people yeah, and totally just going back to your process again with mm. your murals what kind of paints do you use and how do you sort of work out the materials and all so that I predominantly use a resin lumbicida for sort of my base colors my roller colors and test spots test spots are amazing I just love the resin range and colors like I've got my go-to colors like power which is a deep purple and java which is a gorgeous turquoise and riptides like a nice bright bright light blue and um you know kind of got my little repertoire of colors that always seem to feature in artworks and then I use Molotow aerosols um, for that and then in studio practice I love using my schminky oils they're just so yummy I haven't really tried any other brands but um, I got a whole set at the beginning I just went all out and just got them and I just mm. oh, they're addictive I could paint for like till four in the morning if I'm in a flow state just really? <laughs> yeah because they're just so delicious they just mm. they're just so blendy and and the colors are just so rich and they're just so delightful so I really enjoy different media like that because they all do different things and I paint in different ways depending on what I'm doing and sometimes it's challenging because I'll be doing you know a whole lot of oil painting and then I'll go back to doing a mural where I'm like painting skin tones and it's not behaving the way that my oils mm. do I'm like, oh gosh and yeah. I have to layer away more and that's quite I mean they're quite <laughs> but, different processes aren't they they're compl- yeah you kind of bounce between and, mm. and I like that though but I think that suits my yeah I just can't sit still I need to do different things but yeah. then I can sit still for hours once I'm engrossed in something yeah which is mm. great and so um, I'm not very I'm not very knowledgeable with um, aerosols and all that kind of stuff mm. so do you actually get the paint from resin and then put them into the oh they do um, no resin I just get my acrylics and stuff from resin um, the, the lumber cider right um, but I get my aerosols from Gordon Harris okay yeah so they... that's like spray paint that is like an acrylic lacquer um no it's not acrylic it's a solvent based one so I am trying to pull back a little bit from using it um just for health and environmental purposes really um it's not that great to be using it all the time but Mm. there's certain pieces certain projects you know it's perfect for and um and it's something I'm getting into a lot more rollering colors exploring a bit more flat color in my work this year Mm. um 
which is kind of cool. It's a bit more like paint by numbers and I'm just exploring different sort of graphic kind of shapes that I, I can't help myself but to fill an entire canvas with color and blending. And sometimes it's just too much for certain jobs mm. where like the budget's not that high and the space is large. So just simplifying things down into shapes yeah. is something I've been exploring lately, yeah. which is fun. And it's funny because people are like, oh, that's not your usual style. I'm like, yeah, but... It, it is <laughs> you just yeah. haven't seen all the stuff that's in my sketchbooks and <laughs> that's right it's still <laughs> like, there I don't show you I don't show you everything yeah yeah it's still a part so, of it and I've got so many different styles and mm. and, and little things that I like to dabble in <laughs> mm. and I'm sure you know overall it still feels like your work yeah and, and I think the more I do of it and the more I incorporate something that people will be like oh that's an Erica Pierce the style you know with the, the this and the that and I think yeah, but it's fun to explore. Mm. And I think if we don't explore, we become stagnant. And mm. I've never been I, – I sometimes am envious of artists that I see that they, like, they've got their style and, and they can, you know, repeat the same – well, not necessarily – they'll explore different things with it, but, like, they've got their signature style and you can be like, oh, that's a such and such. And and I'm just like, oh, I wish I just had a thing. Yeah, but <laughs> I you, could just build on that. It would but be I'm so sure much you easier. Do. I'm sure you do sort of <laughs> it's actually lots of there. Things. Lots of things. Yeah, which are all sort of – yeah. very connected exactly yeah I think it's <laughs> so it's fine yeah it's totally fine and anyway you can do what you like exactly you're the artist but I'm just going back to the paint sorry to be a pain That's but okay. just coming back there you 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 might use rollers and spray paint mm. do you ever use brushes yes I love brushes um when I first started using aerosols um I could never get the fine lines and the real sharp edges that I love because aerosol just, I mean, some, honestly, there's some amazing aerosol artists and graffiti artists out there who can do that. And I'm just like, oh, teach me. I incorporated my brushwork very early on. And a lot of my work, you can't really tell where the aerosol starts and the brushwork and painting. So I'll use a lot of dry brush. I'll use a rag and like smear stuff over it. And then I'll come back over with some more sprays and then I'll go back again and backwards and forwards. And, wow. um, like that big whale mural that was predominantly done with rollers and it was done in the same way I'd shade with aerosols but because of the size of it I had a you know roller tray that had mixed a couple of different paints in it different colors and I just used the roller like a giant paintbrush Amazing. <laughs> so that's really fun yeah so every wall and different wall surfaces allow for that some wall surfaces don't so mm. it's just every single piece is a learning experience yeah, and I really love good. that. You take yeah. away different things. Yeah, I can mm. imagine. And it's not the same sort of format every time. You're just kind of working with what you've got and yeah. more of an organic. Really, and I love journey. that. And it's where the intuition thing comes in, yeah. you know, just yeah. painting really intuitively, trusting your intuition um, to, you know, just feel it out. And, mm. and, and I think – I work pretty prolifically when I'm on those jobs. I'm just shattered at the end of it, <laughs> like yeah, physically, mentally, emotionally. I can imagine. <laughs> I can sit imagine. Down. <laughs> It'd be huge. I just actually can't, yeah. can't imagine doing it all by yourself. Yeah. And then do you come back sometimes over the spray paint when things are dry with, with a fine brush and, and do the detail yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, there's a certain scale that I really love because it allows me to bring in a lot more brush detail. And, and brush detail, I think, is probably what I find most natural um I can so the one in Riverton with the girl with the seahorse um it sort of used a base coat of color so like a, for example I'd base coat out her skin tone and the background color and then I'd go in and blend and shade the tones with the spray paint 
and you know her cheekbones her nose her sort of bridge of her um her eyes and things and then I'd go in with brushes and with that I did a lot of lot of dry brush um and what do you mean dry brush dry brush so like you got paint on there you kind of got a bit of water off it and then you just kind of smear it on <laughs> yeah like it's not like a wet wet paintbrush it's it's kind of been wiped off and so it's not heavily pigmented it's not heavily painty so you can kind of smear it over and and then I'll come in with like line more fine line brushes um and bring in you know little highlights around the skin and and in the eyes like I when I do portraits and they're the main feature I don't care what the rest of it looks like as long as the eyes like draw you in and and speak to you yeah mm. and they really do your eyes are amazing thank you your your I your faces are incredible I just <laughs> I have no idea how you do it it's just amazing to me thank I mean you. do you have like a few different shades of flesh color in, in your spray cans yeah yeah I will go from you know your, your full range of tones of skin colors at, right into like a deep um there's a spray paint called aubergine, which, you know, is speaks you know, like mm. a deep kind of purpley color. There's a color called sangria that I love, which is like a bright, bright pinky magenta color. But when it's used in certain ways, it's a lot more transparent. So you can build up and do things like that. And then I'll bring in lots of oranges. I don't use black. I um, never really use black. I maybe use it for the pupils of an eye if I really want it to contrast. But I pretty much use that power color from Resine or like a deep, deep purple. Mm. Um, I remember learning about how the Impressionists, you know, Monet and things, they didn't use black. They use tones in other colors. Yeah. Around. And um and that was something that I think I once I eliminated black and it, it doesn't muddy your colours, you know? Mm. So mm. that's yeah, something I really enjoy. And then also lots of warm tones. Um there's a colour called sweet corn, which is like a really, really soft yellow that I love using for my highlights, and then I'll add a little tiny touch of white. So it's warm and then only the the brightest brightest part will have the white so like the little flecks of light in the eyes mm. Mm. so cool you're amazing <laughs> it's such a like intuitive so i don't yeah. even really it's funny explaining it because I, I i just it just happens i think sometimes you go quite trance like when you're mm. in that space and especially the nice thing is like as i've done it for so long um now i've got my color palette that i love like every job will be different and i've got challenges and like you know the ugly stage always trips you up but once you hit that space where you're just in momentum your paint's doing it's what it wants the wind's not blowing your paint away (laughs) it's stressing you out the the temperature's comfortable Mm. you're fed yeah (laughs) and you get to that big part of it isn't it the conditions i mean the weather conditions working outside a lot and you've got time deadlines and things Mm. that's sort of why i came down to auckland and we came down early saturday morning to get a mural done that had just been held up by the weather and i just got to take advantage of this window mm. <laughs> We're get there. Yeah. and yeah. then what kind of hours do you do on a day? um depends um when it's say it's you know like restaurant murals if it's like a fit out and i'll work around the builders and i'll quite often do late nights and things if if it's indoors if it's daytime i will work around the weather sometimes you know you might be blasted by morning or afternoon sun where the paint's just drying on your wall as soon as you touch it and you know you just 
getting absolutely cooked and so you're just brain fried by the end of it because of the sun um so sometimes you have to work around that kind of thing and it can be quite challenging especially when you're out of town you know in a place where you're like oh i, I head home next thursday yeah <laughs> you need to get it done. yeah so you yeah. really got the deadline pressure yeah, t- yeah pressure makes diamonds is my motto <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> yeah it's yeah. a good saying that one. yeah helps yeah. me get a lot of stuff done yeah and it just has to happen so you just but then you've got the unpredictable of the weather yeah yeah Yeah. and then and then you know you might get there and we went to project the other night and there's like this really beautiful led lighting on there so (laughs) we had had some people holding up some drop sheets (laughs) but you know it's also part of it you have these little challenges and Mm. and it's amazing though when you just trust that things will work out and you just stay positive and Honestly, I've gotten really interested in learning about sort of manifestation and I was saying to you earlier, like, I'm so grateful to be doing this because doing a podcast was on my bucket list. So <laughs> good. I've been thinking about it not too long ago and then this all fell into place yeah. and I'm just like, oof, wow. Okay. <laughs> Keep well, what you off, wish for. It's often the way though, isn't it? When you mm. start sort of, when the, you Aligning. know, it, it becomes part of your sort of horizon in a way and it's, and yeah, I really believe in letting the universe bring mm-hmm. stuff to you if yeah. you just open to it. Yeah. And it yeah. comes, eh? Yeah, whether you're a religious person, whether it's a god or whoever. I'm, I'm not particularly religious, but I'm very spiritual. And, and I believe that, um, you know, life is precious and it is what we make of it. And if it is meant for you, it is yours. And I think just pursuing that spark within you that – you know, chase the magic, like find like whatever it is that tickles your fancy, as my mother would probably say, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like whatever you're interested in, like pursuing that. And there's a reason, like I like to think um, in Avatar with the movie where there's a little seed, magical seed things and they they kind of like float on your head I love to think of ideas as that and and they they just kind of wander over and like little jellyfish and they just kind of hover above you and if you harness that idea and and you turn that into real life and you create it like that's yours and like if you don't harness it and it floats away to someone else and then six months later there's someone doing that thing that you thought about and you're like oh <laughs> yeah, yeah so it's up to you like not every idea needs to be for you and I think mm. it's being at peace with what is like since yeah like um being at peace like with knowing what is for me already is has been something that I've started to really use in helping me you know when those those jobs fall through that you're really excited about or you may have not got funding for something you're really really wanting and just being at peace like if it was meant for me, it already was. And, like, mm. my time will come. Yeah. And I think that really, really helps. Yeah, it's a really good philosophy. Mm. And, you know, just that considering everything is part of your learning and part of your journey, oh, whether yeah. it's negative or positive. Yeah. And, and whether good. it's even relevant. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whether it's just being in the right place at the right time to drive past something that you're like, wow that inspires me so much Mm, (laughs) and and mm. taking that into your practice or into your Mm. living and and allowing yourself time to really think Mm, daydream yeah and and notice things and 
observe. Yeah. Yeah, it's really the way right. that the world around us is. And it's a strange world right now. Um, we were talking about social media before and I've always been really good with, you know, staying on touch with like Facebook and Instagram and, and sharing my process. And for the last little while, I've, I've pulled it back a lot. Like I, I just, I'm so heartbroken for a lot of what's going on in the world right now that I just, I struggle to put my work out there and it's silly because it's probably like not a bad thing, you know, here's a painting. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but I just find it such a weird place. I find it really difficult to be like, buy my stuff, Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and at a time where I just like, I don't want to contribute to all of what's going on and mm. but maybe it's necessary so I've just had a little rest from it lately mm. and I, I put things up every once in a while and um yeah, yeah. I just yeah I think a lot of artists at the moment have felt like you know making work can be seen as something pretty trivial trivial frivolous yeah and frivolous yeah. and yeah. indulgent yeah. in this, in this yeah. time of such sort of sorrow and suffering yeah but, you know, I think also you're, the bringing, world needs it. you're bringing joy <laughs> exactly. to people and they need it more yeah. than ever. So it's quite an internal conflict and I feel that. And it's, you know, it's comforting having those conversations with other makers because, you know, you're not alone in those feelings and, and that heartbreak is, is everywhere and, and I just want, I just want, <laughs> I just want everything to be okay. Mm, yeah, <laughs> like, I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it, will, it is a difficult time. Yeah. So, um. What are you manifesting, Erica, thinking about your future? You know, what, what's next? What's the universe bringing you next, do you think? So I'm working on a few different things. Um, I, with my Empower work, um, I'm going to put it out there and, and say it, but I'm working on a set of Oracle cards, which I'll be writing as well. So Oracle cards, for those who don't know, like they're kind of in the realm of like tarot, but they're... Um, more I guess like positive affirmations and guidance and I've used them for a few years I was gifted my first set and I've since collected a few others and there it's that intuitive thing and so you pick a card and it will give you sort of a bit of advice or guidance or whatever and and it's amazing how realistically they they are you know to what is going on in your present and, and and they offer a bit of hope and guidance and love and support and and motivation and and peace and so that's sort of what I'm working on at the moment um also new artwork for the calendars the the um series the landscape series which I'd love to turn into a calendar I've been writing a children's story. Really? <laughs> yeah. So Amazing. I'm in the process, next steps to work with an editor, make sure my rhyming and stuff sounds wow. good, the rhythm's good. Um, it's inspired by the Black Rock Desert, which is where Burning Man's held, mm. and it's a beautiful little story about um, a pangolin who plays the mandolin. <laughs> <laughs> makes a whole lot of friends. Wow. So I've written I, it. I'd love um, to see I, that. I'd love to publish it with a proper publishing company. I don't care if this thing takes 10 years or if it never happens. I, I just, it's something that is completely out of my usual comfort zone. <laughs> and I just keep being drawn back to it. I started writing it in 2020 um, and I've just done more work on it. I've had some meetings about it and I next step, I want to get it done properly. I feel like it's a story that reaches beyond New Zealand and I'd love for it to be 
internationally mm. published if possible I just if it happens it happens yeah. if not it's been a fun process yeah. and so are you illustrating that I'll illustrate it I can see everything in my head mm, <laughs> so, how beautiful yeah so that's something really different to my usual and then mm. commercial work I've got some really cool school projects coming up during the year um, just finding my balance at the moment between sort of I've always hustled so hard. The last 10 years I've worked so hard and I'm probably a little bit burnt out if I'm honest. <laughs> you know, I, I've spent a lot of time over the last summer just gardening and, and getting in tune with nature. We've got beautiful property property up in Kirikiri and we'd love to like set it up so we can host workshops and retreats and, you know, bring in friends who teach yoga and meditation and, and do things like we both love cooking we're big foodies and we love hosting and we do work away and things like that and we love meeting people from all over the world so just setting ourselves up for that kind of future and I found my place I found my partner who's just yeah he was what was missing in my life and my family's moved up there and I just I feel so good up there. I'm mm. so grateful. So That's incredibly grateful. Amazing. Yeah. If I could have just, you know, a few years back when I was just at a lost end and, and kind of feeling unsure of where to go next. Like I just always knew I just, you know, keep going. Mm. <laughs> and for those out there who are just in that kind of space, like just trust all your heart and your intuition and it's you know, the best days are yet to come. I'm That's loving beautiful. being in my 30s. <laughs> yeah, well, you're 32. Yeah, 34. 34, yeah. well, there you go, rocking it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, living your best life. Yeah, and it's a journey. And I, I you know, I still want to be partying at 85 and wearing crazy outfits. Absolutely. And I still want to be painting and doing art and, 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 you know, planting fruit trees now that we're harvesting in 20 years' time. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, all the important yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can it. see you in your fluffy lit-up jacket when you're yeah, 85 purple rinse <laughs> <laughs> go that's gonna be so good yeah oh well erica um you know it has been a real joy meeting you thank you I, likewise yeah i, I feel, really yeah for my new friend i know i really feel like that <laughs> yeah. you've got some beautiful philosophies which thank you know you. i i kind of share with you mm. and um i think the things that you've talked about you know not just with your art but your other philosophies can be it's just all treasures for people. Yeah, and yeah. I, I really want to use my the platform that I've got to mentor people. And now that I'm a bit older and I, you know, got through some stuff in my twenties, and I've, I just want to be that sort of hope that like mm. you know just keep going like you don't have to be married at 27 and have three kids and a dog and a mortgage yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't yeah. have any of those things and like I'm so happy yeah and, that's <laughs> so, and it's okay to live things a bit differently and you know I didn't find my partner until I was 32 and you know, I had always felt a little bit unlucky in love things never really had worked out and now I know why and I feel so at peace because mm. it just wasn't my time yet mm. and and, and now that everything's fallen into place and I just see how you know all my artwork and and everything that I'm really passionate about just it all ties together mm. it's so exciting I'm excited for the future yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm excited to see what 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 do you get up to yeah come for a visit come yeah stay. I totally will we've got family in kitty kitty Perfect. so I'm gonna come and visit see yeah. meet your ducks they're adorable and uh, see your garden and yeah. yeah it's been a joy thank you so much Erica. thank you so much so grateful